Hello and welcome to episode 445 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Saturday, February 18th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the Saturday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain her patronage by St. Alphonsus Liguri. O my most holy mother, I see the graces which thou hast obtained for me, and I see the ingratitude of which I have been guilty towards thee. An ungrateful soul is no longer worthy of favors, but I will not on this account distrust thy mercy, which is greater than my ingratitude. O my great advocate, pity me. Thou dispensest all the graces which God grants to us miserable creatures. And for this purpose, he has made thee so powerful, so rich, and so benign. He has done so that thou mightest succor us in our miseries. Ah, mother of mercy, leave me not in my poverty. Thou art the advocate of the most miserable and guilty criminals who have recourse to thee. Defend me also, who recommend myself to thee. Say not that my cause is too difficult to be gained. For all causes, however desperate, when defended by thee are gained. In thy hands, then, do I place my eternal salvation. To thee do I entrust my soul. It was lost, thou, then, by thy intercession, hast to save it. I wish to be inscribed amongst thy most devoted servants. Reject me not. Thou seekest the miserable to relieve them. Abandon me not, who am a wretched sinner, and who have recourse to thee. Speak for me, thy son. Does all that thou askest him. Take me under thy protection. That is all that I ask. Yes, for if thou protectest me, I fear nothing. I do not fear my sins, for thou wilt obtain me a remedy for the evil they have done in me. I do not fear the devils, for thou art more powerful than all hell. I do not even fear Jesus, my judge himself, for by a single prayer of thine he is appeased. I only fear that by my negligence I may cease to recommend myself to thee and thus be lost. It is true that these graces are too great for me, who have not deserved them, but they are not too great for thee, who art so much loved by God. Hence he grants thee all that thou askest. Thou hast only to speak, and he denies thee nothing. Pray then to Jesus for me. Tell him that thou protectest me, and then he is sure to pity me. My mother, in thee do I trust. In this hope I shall live in peace, and in it I wish to die. Live, Jesus, our love, and Mary, our hope. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them. With love for thee, amen. Now let us pray the novena to the holy face of Jesus of the Shroud of Turin. We'll begin with the daily preparatory prayer. O most holy and blessed Trinity, through the intercession of Holy Mary, whose soul was pierced through by a sword of sorrow at the sight of the passion of her divine Son, we ask thy help in making a perfect novena of reparation to Jesus, united with all his sorrows, love, and total abandonment. We now implore all the angels and saints to intercede for us as we pray this holy novena to the most holy face of Jesus and for the glory of the most holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. The fifth day. To my hearing, thou shalt give joy and gladness, and the bones that have been humbled shall rejoice. Turn away thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. 
holy face of Jesus, sacred countenance of God, how great is thy patience with mankind, how infinite thy forgiveness. We are sinners, yet thou lovest us. This gives us courage for the glory of thy holy face and of the blessed Trinity, hear and answer us. Mary, our mother, intercede for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. Through the merits of thy precious blood and thy holy face, O Jesus, grant us our petition. Here you can put your petition in. My Jesus, pardon and mercy. Prayer to St. Joseph. Dear St. Joseph, adopt us as thy children. Take charge of our salvation. Watch over us day and night. Preserve us from occasions of sin. Obtain for us purity of body and soul and the spirit of prayer. Through thy intercession with Jesus, grant us a spirit of sacrifice, of humility and self-denial. Obtain for us a burning love for Jesus in the blessed sacrament and a sweet, tender love for Mary, our mother. St. Joseph, be with us in life, be with us in death, and obtain for us a favorable judgment from Jesus, our merciful Savior. Amen. Pater noster quies in celis, sanctificator nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum de nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitibus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libra nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honora mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honora mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. We are going to check out today... Excuse me, there's one more thing from the Novena. O bleeding face, O face divine, be every adoration thine. O bleeding face, O face divine, be every adoration thine. O bleeding face, O face divine, be every adoration thine. We are going to return to the On the Contrary blog located at onthecontrarynewsletter.substack.com. A November 8th, 2021 entry entitled Q&A, The Sunday Obligation and the Novus Ordo Mise. This is a very controversial topic, but a very important one to go over and probably one we'll, we'll spend some time in discussing. The question, having studied and examined the defects of the Novus Ordo, I have concluded that the new liturgy is, even if not heretical, at least, quote, a striking departure from the Catholic theology of the Mass as it was formulated in Session 22 of the Council of Trent, as Cardinal Ottaviani wrote to Paul VI. 
And of course, if I can interject here, the only uh, infallible catechism that's ever been published by the church is the Catechism of the Council of Trent. I believe that even when no abuses are committed, the new liturgy in itself poses a danger to the faith. However, the nearest Latin Mass is over four hours away, and not having reliable transportation, it is simply not possible to attend every week. When I have no alternative available, am I still obliged to go to the local Novus Ordo, which is still a valid Mass, to fulfill the Sunday obligation? Answer. Discontinuing attendance at the Novus Ordo Mise, even when there is no traditional Mass available, is a very difficult decision to make because there's also the Sunday obligation to consider. Even if the new liturgy is defective, many will say, one must simply attend the Novus Ordo when there is no alternative. Because it is still a valid Mass and the obligation takes precedence. However, this conclusion arises from the error of legal positivism. According to Catholic principles, all human laws, whether canonical or civil, must be more specific formulations of the general principles found in divine and natural law and in accordance with them. Any human law that does not fit these criteria is an unjust law and therefore non-binding. Further, even if a law itself is just, there may be circumstances that render following its letter unjust, thereby removing the obligation in that case. We may speak of the Sunday obligation in two senses. First, according to divine law, we have the obligation to keep holy the Lord's day. And second, according to ecclesiastical law, we have the obligation to attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days from the 1983 Code of Canon Law, number 1247. The ecclesiastical law is directed to the third commandment and a more precise formulation that instructs us on how to keep holy the Lord's day. The obligation imposed by the church is so serious that she has made it binding under pain of mortal sin. It cannot be easily set aside, but nevertheless, it does remain a matter of merely ecclesiastical law. The law is in itself just, but there can be circumstances that render it impossible to fulfill the obligation. For example, one may be dispensed from mass attendance due to illness or inclement weather. If it is truly physically or morally impossible to attend mass, it would be unjust to insist on the obligation and one is thereby dispensed. This is an application of the principle of epikia, which is the benign application of the law according to what is good and equitable, which decides that the lawgiver does not intend that because of exceptional circumstances some particular case be included under his general law. All laws must be directed to the common good, which in this case is the worship of God and the supernatural sanctification of men. Indeed, the raison d'etre of canon law is the salvation of souls, for which the church as a perfect society was established by our Lord, hence the maxim, the salvation of souls is the supreme law of the church, canon 1752. Therefore, when considering whether it is necessary to attend the Novus Ordo when there is no alternative, the rationale behind the church's commandment must be brought into account. Ecclesiastical law can never be used to contravene divine law. Because divine law, having been promulgated by God himself, is higher than any temporal laws promulgated by the authority of the church. Additionally, we cannot use any law against the intention of its lawgiver. 
And so Canon 1247 cannot be used in a way which would be contrary to the rationale behind its promulgation. To put it simply, in many cases, one must follow the spirit of the law rather than its letter. Neglecting to apply epikia where it is warranted would be morally wrong. One who applies this principle is not breaking the law. On the contrary, he acts licitly and avoids acquiring the legalistic attitude of those who are most harshly reprimanded by our Lord. See John chapter 5. When it comes to the Novus Ordo, something which is displeasing to God and dangerous to your faith, you are faced with two different obligations here. First, to guard your own faith against any indication of the post-conciliar spirit, which is present everywhere in the Novus Ordo. And second, to attend Mass and fulfill your obligation under Canon 1247 of the Code of Canon Law. Now we see that there is a conflict here, as attempting to fulfill the second obligation violates the first, since it is very clear that attendance at the Novus Ordo will erode one's faith. When there are two obligations which are in conflict with each other, the greater obligation prevails and the lesser one disappears. Thus, there would be no obligation to attend Mass if you have only the Novus Ordo available to you, as it would force you to disregard the first commandment, which commands that you safeguard your faith. Attending the Novus Ordo in an attempt to follow Canon 1247 raises another problem, as such an action would violate the intention of the legislator, which is to give the faithful a specific command on how to obey the third commandment. Attending Mass is one of the means of keeping holy the Lord's Day by giving due worship to God. But the Novus Ordo is displeasing to him, and in fact contrary to the third commandment. And if the legislator intended for Canon 1247 to work for the salvation of souls, but the new liturgy has the potential to lead us into error, then we cannot attend. If we do attend, we would be acting against the intention of the legislator, even if he himself may not have considered this to be a contradiction. Rather than following the letter of the law, we must follow its spirit, and it would be better to stay home and perform other devotions than to attend the new liturgy. From these considerations, we can tell that there is no juridical requirement to attend the Novus Ordo, a conclusion that can be drawn from traditional Catholic principles of law often ignored by modern canonists. On the contrary, there is actually a moral obligation to avoid the Novus Ordo, as attending it endangers our faith and displeases God. If I may go further, I would propose that the new liturgy, by definition, simply cannot fulfill the Sunday obligation at all because it is not a Catholic rite. See Canon 1248, Section 1. It is not an organically developed liturgy, but one fabricated by a committee of, quote, experts in the 20th century. The problem with accepting it is that even if it is enriched over time, as proponents of the reform of the reform have suggested, we would be forced to leave open the possibility of future committees to fabricate their own liturgies. It is understandable that one may feel uncomfortable about staying home rather than attending the Novus Ordo when there is no alternative, but until the crisis in the church is resolved, we must continue to rely on the principle of epikeia and be a sign of contradiction, as Luke 2.34 says. To those who continue to attend, <clears throat> excuse me, to those who continue to attend, whether culpably or not, what is technically a non-Catholic rite? This is necessary precisely because of the common good which canon law is meant to serve, 
the worship of God and the sanctification of man. Keeping this common good before our eyes, therefore, requires that we firmly refuse to cooperate in the undermining of the faith through the destruction of the Lex Orandi, which not only detracts from the worship owed to the Most High, but also leads countless souls to hell due to its perversion of the Lex Credendi, the only divine truth that sets us free. See John 8, verse 32. Of course, this is, as I stated earlier, a very controversial topic, but a most important one. I highly recommend that you view, if you haven't already done so, Mass of the Ages, episode one and episode two, available on YouTube. The crew at Mass of the Ages did a great job with that, explaining how uh, things in the church were changed, especially with the liturgy in the late 1960s. A lot of very shady stuff went on. Um, Annabelle Bugnini, of course, you've probably heard that name, anyone who's familiar with the the changes to the liturgy. Uh, A whole lot of um, nefarious stuff surrounding him and how the liturgy was actually changed. And it was a revolution, really. And caused a lot of people to lose the faith. So many people who came into the church, there are many converts uh, from Protestantism, especially in the first half of the 20th century. They said the, the beauty, uh, the reverence of the mass was one of the main reasons why they came in. And then all of a sudden, that was seen as being outlawed, being prohibited. When Pope Benedict XVI would finally say decades later, no, this has never been prohibited. And how could something that was considered sacred for, you know, a thousand years, 1500 years be considered problematic now? So I highly recommend you check out Mass of the Ages if you haven't already done so. Episodes one and two available at YouTube. And please, it's worth the drive, even if you have to go an hour or an hour and a half or however long to get yourself to the traditional Latin mass, to get yourself to the mass that was attended by, um, for many of us, uh, our our parents before the liturgy was changed, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, generations of Catholics up until 1969 or 1970, depending on where you lived. And you, when you attend the Novus Ordo, you kind of attend a liturgy that's stuck in 1969 or 1970. It feels very much like a, a Protestantized, watered-down version of Catholicism. And on a personal note, just about every Catholic friend I had growing up no longer attends Mass, no longer practices the faith. And I think one of the major reasons why was the Mass. They saw it as boring. They saw it as banal which it is, and they'd rather watch football on Sunday. Let us conclude, my friends, by mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach located on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. And episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, I interview my sister and my wonderful niece about RPM, which is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. It's a revolutionary breakthrough, changing the way people communicate, just like Braille was a revolutionary breakthrough in terms of being able to read for the blind and sign language was a tremendous breakthrough 
for the deaf in terms of being able to communicate. RPM is doing the same thing for non-speakers. So let's get this information out there as far and wide as we possibly can because communication is a human right. And let us now pray for help and for healing for our non-speaking friends and family members. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you, through the intercession of St. Raphael, Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. The Memoraria to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, my spiritual father, and beg your protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in your goodness hear and answer me. Amen. By thy pure and immaculate conception, O Mary, obtain for me the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. The three Hail Marys in honor of the immaculate purity of Our Lady of Fatima. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostri, amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostri, amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostri, amen and a Gloria Patri for a special intention. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. Virgo potens, ora per nobis. Sancti Josef, terra daimonem, ora per nobis. Sancta Raphael, Archangeli, ora per nobis. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 445 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. And most importantly, please offer up prayers and sacrifices for our Catholic bishops. Goodbye and God love you.